All right. So, uh, Chris, thanks for coming back for more abuse. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, Chris has a great blog, sevenslats.com. And I think Seven Sluts was already taken. Uh, I'm sorry. It was. Seven Slats. Yeah. Uh, sl- yeah, I was going to say. Slots? Yeah, seven, slots? Seven Slots. Seven Slots. Yeah. I just don't want to pay that much for the URL. Welcome to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, the CEO of Jeep's parent company continues to tell it like it is, but this may mean a bleak future for the automotive industry. We'll dig into that here in just a minute. Now, he's hit the nail on the head just about everything else, so we'll pick apart his latest predictions here in a moment. Also, some big players in the auto industry just released the top 10 list of the most reliable Jeeps, and trust me, there's a few surprises on this one. Let's see if your Jeep made it on this list. And later in the show, I've got some inflation-beating tips for any TJ owner out there looking to lift their Jeep. Well, as I've said here on previous shows, Carlos Tavares is going to be my new hero. (laughs) And uh, he says, unfortunately, there will likely be more closures. What's he talking about there? Well, well, we've heard recently in the news about the uh, Belvedere Assembly Plant uh, shutting up shop here and, and going idle indefinitely. And Carlos Tavares uh, is talking about there being more auto plant closures that will happen if high prices for electric vehicles cause the vehicle markets to shrink from pre-pandemic levels. And I suppose that raises the question, then, what were pre-pandemic levels in the automotive market? We look at, you know, how things were before um, phrases like uh, uh, supply chain issues uh, happened, chip shortage, you know, stuff like that. Those those phrases certainly uh, connotate uh, very specific mental images and certainly what they've done to the automotive market as as a whole, both used and new. And we've all seen that, the prices on, on our used Jeeps. I mean, heck, I think all of us, uh, our used Jeep has is, is never been worth more than it is today. Um, and that's starting to shift now. We're, we're sort of on the downhill trend of that. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, the, it, it was what it was for for better part of, what, you know, two or three years or so. Uh, but now we're sort of entering into the tail end of that. And as the chip shortage ends, well, automakers are losing that that pricing power of being able to command a, a premium for stuff because of inventory shortages. I mean, after all, now that there's going to be more chips on the market, that means more cars and more cars means lower price. It's all that supply and demand sort of stuff going on. Um, an interesting uh, stat that, uh, that I was reading through all of the uh, the research on this story, a 7 in 10 prospective EV buyers, electric vehicle buyers, 70% of them uh, in the U.S. are expecting to pay less than 50000 for their next vehicle. Now, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I certainly haven't done a whole lot of EV shopping, as it were. Oh, no. But um, from what I understand, most electric vehicles brand new are in the above $50,000 range. Yes, you can get, you know, like the Model Y or something like that for around 30 to 40,000, you know, something like that. There are of course used uh, vehicles that are going to be much more below that, but nonetheless, 50k is pretty much where the benchmark is. And uh, especially if you want any kind of options. Uh, and so it's going to be above that. Well, that puts it pretty much out of most everybody's price range as far as making it a practical or an economical solution, especially uh, in, uh, in, today's, uh, in today's world where, you know, everything costs a lot more now. Yeah. So if the, if the 
EV industry is to survive, there's got to be some really big changes. Tony, you've talked about that. Chris, we've all talked about this here on the show in one aspect or another. The grid's not there. There's certainly no infrastructure there to support uh, the, the push for all this EV and everything. Not to mention what the uh, just the production aspect of the EV industry is doing to the planet. Um, and we, we talked about a little bit on, on just uh, the last couple of shows, in fact. So um, it's really sort of a, a, a tipping point, um, if you will, as far as where the auto industry is and what's going to happen from here. Um, regardless, as the market shrinks, and, and that is that's is what it is doing right now, people don't have the disposable income. They're not looking to, to buy new cars. And if they are, they're looking to spend a specific amount, and that amount is less than what your average new electric car is. Right. And so the electric uh, vehicle market is in a shrinking state right now. And as it shrinks, well, the auto industry is going to need less plants. And so we're going to be seeing more plant closures. Carlos Tavares making this prediction has got some science behind him to sort of back all that up. So I, I wonder uh, how much of this really has to do with the inflation uh, index that we've been seeing. Because uh, I mean, obviously, with uh, sh- chip shortages, that's going to cause prices to go up simply because of supply and demand. And uh, then along with uh, uh, many industries uh, having issues, I think a lot of it, too, is is that people don't want to go back to work. Uh, they like the idea of working from home or just making making their way without having to uh, work for somebody that uh, wants you to work long hours. And, and I've heard a lot about that, too, as far as uh, so, individuals so I, that don't work as many hours as they used well, no, to. Well, it's, no, it's the, it's the nuclear family is, is changing. Yes. And it's, it's, it's Being no home with a, the family. <laughs> well, it's no, longer, um, it's no longer as practical to have two car payments, you right. know. And so a lot of families are shrinking. Shrinking down the number of vehicles that they have in the in the fleet, and, and so you know if it makes more sense, if you guys can get away with it, well, you know, dad isn't no, is no longer commuting to to the downtown area for for work anymore. He doesn't need a car. Uh, we only need the one to you know transport Billy to soccer practice and go get groceries. What else do we need a vehicle for? So you know, na- out out goes the truck, and you know, in comes the car. Uh, and, and throw so in and throw in self driving, and perhaps even renting out your vehicle. <laughs> where it goes to oh, somebody's house ride share. Yeah, yeah ride share where you can make money off of your ev and the self-driving because if you had a self-driving car hey it can take dad to work and then he drives back home so it's only it's only gone for maybe an hour and now it's back available it's it's there for the mom to be able to use it during the day well in years ago and I, i'm brain farting because this is just now popping into my head i reported on this startup if you will i might might be using the wrong term here but essentially what their business model was is if you have a unique vehicle something like a a modified jeep in really good condition less than you know five or ten years old you know that sort of thing uh you know a porsche um you you have a ferrari you know something like that uh you can enter into these you know premium ride sharing programs to where okay you're at work you don't need to drive the jeep you typically only drive it on the weekends anyways uh you could rent out the vehicle for you know a number of hours a number of miles per day whatever it may be and significantly make some some, some serious uh, yeah. side income um off of that people are paying for their their car payments and then some uh, off of these higher end rideshare programs just because they have a 392 or because their jeep is lifted has tires and is the you know a nice trim and all that sort of stuff so these programs are out there and and it's certainly 
adding to this? You know, I don't know if it was, you know, because of, but it's certainly uh, not necessarily in lieu of, but in addition to all this other stuff going on, the pandemic, the the chip shortage, all this other ride sharing, working from home, all that other stuff. It's all sort of adding to this this market shrinkage that we're seeing. And I think that the the plant closures is going to be something that we're going to be seeing more of in the in the headlines, uh, at least through the rest of 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, too, Chris, have you heard about the about uh, Tesla coming out with a hydrogen powered uh, EV? I've not heard Tesla. I have. Uh Recently, right in other automotive news, the uh, Honda. Uh, I was going to say, I heard Honda that. has mm-hmm. one. Yeah. yeah, CRV, CRV in the next year or two available for folks like us to buy. But I hadn't heard Tesla. That's yeah. a new one. To me. I heard about Tesla. I had not heard about Honda. It makes sense though. Uh, Elon uh, very much, and of course we're on a first name basis. Uh, Elon very much was against hydrogen vehicles, but they're going to actually be coming out with one, and I think it's going to be much cheaper because you don't have to have the the batteries. Uh, in well, the, he was in the, working on. I thought he was working on fuel cell tech, hydrogen fuel cell technology. He couldn't get it small enough or efficient enough for automotive use. He his initial plans, I think, were sort of a um, uh, a a home based electric generator, almost, if you will, a right. hydrogen fuel cell that powers your home that is able to pull hydrogen out of the atmosphere and 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 process it and you know all that sort of stuff to make a, a generator that can is, is capable of powering um, producing enough energy to power a, your average home and this thing would sit on the you know back of the house like your AC unit would or whatever and it just does what it does um, but trying to make that work for an automotive application I think was it was really he was having a hard time shrinking everything down and decided okay this is just not worth it um, but uh, I think but yeah, some it, things are changing uh, because yeah, th- this is too. this has come up. I forget what model that th- this was coming out, but it seemed to me that it was actually a lot cheaper too. And uh, but I like the idea you're talking about. I, I if I knew about that, I've forgotten. But if you had a way to generate electricity and charge your Tesla at your home and also power your house, now that's really talking. Can you, there's a lot of things that are changing in our environment, in our world. Uh, the internet has has changed things so drastically, and I think somebody like uh, <clears throat> Tesla, uh, I mean the company like Tesla, that's pushing forward, that's pushing these traditional or classic car companies to do more, be more innovative. Um, I know uh, Elon and all the engineers and stuff he has working for him uh, aren't the only smart people on the planet, and it's just changing the mindset of uh, these companies and to take risks. And then this is great. This is one of the reasons why uh, I don't buy Apple, but I'm glad they're there because they push the computer technology and the phones and all that stuff. They push the industry and, and we, the consumers benefit from that. Well, I kind of teased this uh, a little bit last week uh, talking about synthetic fuels. I don't know if you guys oh, have, heard no. the term, have heard the term e-fuel being bounced around chris have you have you heard that uh the term e-fuel yet i i have heard the term but i haven't spent too much time to understand what what an e-fuel is so e-fuel is right now the name coined for synthetic gasoline uh it is a a um a process that is being developed by uh by porsche um they are um ostensibly have have perfected this um, and are are moving forward with using this in their in all of their race team. All of their ra- race gas will be e fuel from pretty much this point moving forward. 
Um, and what it is, uh, basically just synth synthetic gasoline. So not derived from fossil fuels. There is no um, distilling involved, you know, nothing like that. Uh, and essentially when burned, it is as clean as a Tesla. So there, there's, wow. there's virtually zero emissions um, from the burning of this fuel. Uh, and, and so this is essentially turning the the eco nut world on its head because they're they're fighting for against anything that is combusted whatsoever. They're coming after your gas stoves right now, for God's sake. So <laughs> yeah. um, you know yeah, that's the, too the efficient. Internal, it's too cheap compared to electricity. Right. So. The, the internal <laughs> combustion engine is something that they want to do away with completely altogether. Um, and now this is coming in to save the day. That's going to screw it's it up for them to get rid of people. <laughs> <laughs> Not so fast. Yeah, exactly. All you eco farts out there who you are so, you know, uh, you want to suck on the tailpipe of your Prius. Well, here's something that's going to make it possible. Uh, and so th this is this is big, big news for the automotive world. It's coming out of the Porsche camp right now, but I don't think that it's going to stay in there for very long. I think this is going to be a technology that is is probably going to have various names. Um, it may be under an e-fuel umbrella. Porsche may sell the rights for the processing or the, uh, I should say, the chemical makeup of, of what this may be. But this is going to be stuff that Chuck could use in his CJs. I mean, this is going to be fuel. That and that's gonna, the way it should be. That's exactly. exactly. It's yeah. not. It does. It's not going to matter what kind of engine that you have. This is this is going to be the new age of gasoline. That, that's going to be, and I'm sure it's going to be expensive. Don't get me wrong, uh, especially as anything new is. It's probably going to be twenty bucks a gallon for I mean, for f sakes. Who's going to be able to afford this? But <laughs> it is one of those things that is coming to fruition, and it's only going to be a matter of time. Enough water under the bridge before e fuel is being ran in Chuck's, you know, CJ5 out on the farm. So you can have uh, you can put e fuel in your Jeep driving up to a sonic or your your local drive-in eatery and uh, get a vegetable matter uh a beef hamburger <laughs> <laughs> you know why oh not God. well you said it man the world is a changing isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well i know we kind of uh sort of went down some rabbit trails good here. conversation uh, no, definitely some good conversation here. Uh, but uh, for you, the listener, be sure to stay tuned to the Jeep Talk Show for the latest news from around the Jeep world twice a week, every week. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wimby. There will be body damage. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Hi, this is Tony, and I may be going to Starship Texas to visit with Elon Musk. No. Little asterisk there. Elon Musk not included. <laughs> ah, gosh dang it. Son of a... You had me going there for a second, because... Well, I was, I'm actually... Like, I, I, I spoke, going on behind the scenes. I don't know about <laughs> I spoke to the wife, and uh, I want to take a run down... The Brownsville, Texas. It's a six-hour drive. We've got a brand new Gladiator. Might as well do it and uh, get it there and see the Starship, uh, uh, yeah, the, the one that they're going to be sending into orbit. The first one. Yeah. Get some pictures. And and, uh, and I'm not above doing this. I've got Elon on my speed tweet, so I may send him a tweet and say, "Hey, man, if you're if you're in Brownsville, if you're at the Starbase, uh, can you come out for a photo uh, a photo op? And if I get him out there, I'll talk to him about sticking the uh, Jeep Talk Show uh, logo uh, on the Starship." 
Well, you, but, you but he's going to have to pay like, for the sticker. Hey, would you, would you, <laughs> would you have time for a picture with the world's biggest, the number largest, one. most downloaded Jeep podcast? You've got, you've got to get the plug in there. It can't be just I'm just some dude and I'm here. Come out and take a picture with me. No, it's got to be for the world's biggest Jeep talk show. <laughs> so we're looking at doing at uh, this weekend, the weekend, uh, the weekend that we're recording these uh, these episodes. Way cool man. So Way cool. Take a drive down there to, to Brownsville. Uh, try not to get stabbed. And uh, uh, fortunately, the wife knows how to speak Spanish. So <laughs> we'll go down there, have some fun, but uh, see the starship up close. It would be horrible to actually just be that close. It'd be like uh, be living in Florida. Uh, an hour, you know, a few hours away from uh, Cape Canaveral, and never driving oh. over there to see the uh, the Apollo missions. If that if that's you, if Tony just described you, just seriously, just go eat a bullet right now. I don't care. <laughs> Take yourself out of the gene pool. You should be ashamed. Don't of don't fire it out of a gun. Just eat the bullet, and then uh, let us know how it comes out. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, thanks for coming back for more abuse. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, Chris has a great blog, sevenslats.com. And I think Seven Sluts was already taken. Uh, I'm sorry. It was. Seven Slats. Yeah. Uh, sl- yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> slots? Seven, slots? Seven Sluts? Seven Sluts. Seven Sluts. Yeah. Just don't want to pay that much for the URL. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, that would be like the uh, the ho 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 for, for Christmas, right? Ho ho ho.com. Exactly. <laughs> What so, you, Tony, you mentioned the Starship uh, uh, Texas. Is that like Cape Canaveral? Because I did, when I was a kid, have the opportunity to go to Cape Canaveral in Florida. Uh, it it kind of is. I mean, uh, there's uh, probably uh, several billion dollars more w- worth of money that was spent sure. for Cape Canaveral. And uh, the, the, that's kind of the cool thing that kind of pisses me off, though, is that, uh, you know, it's like <laughs> Elon, hey, we got some dirt. Uh, we, got, we can weld things. Uh, let's build a rocket. And let's put it over here next to the water, so if it blows up, it's not less. It's less likely to take anything out. And that's uh, what was it? He was making jokes about uh, water tanks in space because that's basically the construction. The, the initial construction was just a water tank. <laughs> so I just love how he's doing this. Uh, and uh, so anyway, I'm going to go down there. Got to see it. Uh, I absolutely love this. You guys, uh, if you don't already know. I am old enough to have uh, been alive and watched as a, a, a small child and be old enough to remember it, uh, the Apollo missions. Uh, Jim Nye and other stuff, no. But Apollo missions, yes. So, uh, And then to be woefully disappointed in our government not continuing the space program, only to now be alive whenever one man comes and says, we got to do this, and puts all this time and effort into it and money to make this happen. It's just amazing. And by the way, Chris, there's two towers, SpaceX towers, uh, launch towers going up at Cape Canaveral. So the the same thing you see there at uh, Starbase, Texas, I think they're going to be building another one there as well. Uh, Because if you're going to be sending uh, 100 uh, starships to Mars, you need to have several places to launch them from because you're not going to get oh, yeah. you're not going to get 100 up very quickly even though as you can the way they can how fast they can get these things up you need multiple places to launch from this is a huge deal what was it they did 60 launches last year uh, not the starship obviously but uh, the, uh, the the yeah, falcon 9s yeah. yeah yeah 60 launches more than that's, one that's a week more than one a week yes. yeah <laughs> amazing well let's go ahead and get back to the jeep news Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. 
Did your Jeep make the top 10 most reliable Jeep list? Yeah, it's possible. This is certainly an eclectic collection here. Now, Jeep isn't necessarily known for being the most reliable brand of vehicles on or even off the road for that matter. The term, just empty every pocket, didn't come from nowhere after all. Now, Jeepers are always putting money into their rigs to, to make upgrades and make their vehicle their own. That reputation of people always working on their Jeep has created a stigma about the brand's reliability. Despite this, or maybe in spite of it, uh, the Jeep brand has had a massive following of diehard fans who love their rig no matter what, now, present company included. Now, that being said, new Jeeps are generally considered more reliable than older Jeeps, but with the chip shortage that lasted the better part of the last three years, used Jeep values were never more high, and we saw a glut of used Jeeps hitting the market. So, chances are you or somebody you know may be or have been in the market for a new-to-you or new-to-them used Jeep. So, with that, we take a look at the top 10 list of the most reliably or most reliable used Jeeps according to J.D. Power, Kelly Blue Book, and Edmonds. Now, arguably, those three are the three of the most influential automotive powerhouses in the industry. So when they say something, you can pretty much take it to the bank. So uh, we've got a top 10 list up here in front of us, guys, and, and we'll go through these a little bit. I'll give you a second to kind of peruse that list and, and kind of see what's on there. Certainly a little bit from all over the spectrum of Jeeps, and we've got uh, everything from a, a Comanche to, uh, to the Gladiator uh, and everything in between uh, for that matter. So um, I had a couple of issues uh, primarily with this list before we get into things. Um, the order of the list, I don't think there really was one. Like uh, the number, I was wondering the about number that. One, I don't think is like the number one most reliable Jeep of all time. I don't think that's how they put it together. Uh, and if so, I think somebody was smoking the devil's lettuce over there. If you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, and there were some other things on here, um, like uh, they, they've got an 03 TJ uh, in here on the list. And as far as the most reliable, and oh, I had That's so funny. That's that. exactly what the wife has, a 2003 yeah. Wrangler X. It is the X model. Yeah, the, the X model. Well, so we'll get into the, the different trims and stuff like that as well, uh, because there are specific trims to this, uh, to this list as well. Which seems strange, actually. And the... The biggest thing was the ratings difference. Um, and now we are, again, we're, we're referring to JD Power, Kelly Blue Book, KBB.com, you know, Edmonds.com. Um, and, and sort of the, the take that JD Power would have or that Edmonds would have versus the take that the end user would have. And the ratings would actually end up being a, a bit of a stark contrast in, in several of these instances. Uh, and so that was something that I found uh, uh, to be quite interesting, in fact, that it's like, okay, well, Edmonds says this car was a piece of shit, but, uh, but all the <laughs> users are saying, hey, this is the most reliable car I've ever had. Mm -hmm. So there's certainly a disparity there, which I, I thought couldn't be ignored, um, but, but nonetheless, here it is. I think the users have a lot more weight or, uh, you know, people I would trust more than somebody. Who is it that keeps writing the bad things about the Wranglers? It's not uh, Consumer Reports. No, that was Consumer Reports. Yeah, yeah, okay. was yeah, I was, was going to mute you if you said Consumer Reports because I don't want to even talk about those people. They're just Jeep haters. Um, uh, they, do, do you notice there? There's there's two, basically two XJs on this list. There's the actual XJ and then there's the, the 1986 Comanche. Yeah. That's ah, impressive. I, I, I thought that was was pretty uh pretty impressive as well there there are a couple of grand cherokees there's mm -hmm. uh there's definitely uh i think there's four wranglers on here 
Uh, and so, and there's even a, a, a sort of a, what we call a not Jeep uh, in here as well. So uh, let's get it. Let's just get into this here real quick. Okay. 2000 in the number 10 spot, 2011 Grand Cherokee. Now you think, okay, the 2011 Grand Cherokee unto itself, not a whole lot to write home about uh, compared to a Jeep of, you know, 10 to 12 years newer that are, they're out now mm -hmm. uh, for the 2011 Grand Cherokee though. Uh, they really like the style, the comfort, the ride that it had, the features, the tech, and of course, the power as well. That was one of the things that stood out um, uh, more than anything was the amount of power that the Grand Cherokee for the 2011 model year was able to put down. Um, and, and the quality of materials was another one of those things. It just sort of stood the test of time. Uh, one of the things that they, they've, they've been able to, to say about that. Uh, in our number nine spot, again, no necessary, no particular order, the 2017 Wrangler. Uh, had the highest rating of the used JK era Wranglers by Kelly Blue Book. What is so it that I you got, that Chris? What what your model? It's not a 2017, is it? No, mine's a 2014. Okay, uh, the 2014. But the 2017 that doesn't surprise me. I'm surprised they didn't list the 2018 JK Wrangler. Just based on my experience in the automotive, when the model is building out, uh, typically I remember the Ford Crown Victoria many years ago. The the engineering changes come to a halt in the last year or two. They stop tinkering with it, and the the uh, it, the vehicles just get better. So it's almost <laughs> they, they really, keep it really messing is. with it, and I mean, it gets I'm more stable. It. Amazing. Just leave it alone already. <laughs> when they, yeah, when they stop when they stop messing with it, and they're building it out the quality, and then the, the ratings go up because the Crown Victoria and the Lincoln uh, Town Car, whatever it was, never got great ratings, especially the Crown Vic. But the last few years, uh, there was a Chevy that did that. So it just seems like the folks know and. So it's not so bad to get the last model year or something if you can. You know, maybe I'm just okay, not in real, the news. Real quick, but, I got to, uh, I got to, I got to stop you guys because okay. Tony, you did it in the in the previous episode, uh, in uh, in episode 758 rather, uh, and Chris, you just did it now, where you mentioned something that I'm going to mention here in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you mentioned uh, somebody getting shot in the leg uh, a, a minute ago, and uh, and Chris, uh, you just you just mentioned something that uh, the, the Crown Victoria, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned the Crown Vic of all cars here on the Jeep Talk Show. I'm actually going to be getting to something about the Crown Victoria here later in the show. So it's oh, weird it's so that cool. you bring that that car up of all things because it's it has a very weird spot in in uh, in this week's episode. We're, uh, we're just uh, in that's that much of a sink that we're able to read though. the minds and not actually know that we're reading the minds. So, so this one ended up on the list, Tony. Really weird, the 2017 Compass, and only for its price. Oh, okay. That was the only good thing they really had to say about the 2017 Compass as far as its reliability was its price uh, because it was such an affordable jeep uh so i, well, I you would ha you would have to have, have to think that it, it must be reliable it can't just be the price i mean you can you can uh, pay not very much money for a piece of shit but, but it, it wouldn't really show up on reliability i mean it must be reliable in, in some fashion now the uh, tony what what year is your is the jeep talk show gladiator is that a 2020 or a it, 2021 it's a 21 and i was really surprised to see the first year gladiator it is so reliable that's impressive yeah me too because generally first year anything especially when it's an all-new design usually has some bugs that need to be worked out uh, and the Gladiator was certainly was certainly one of those. It, it had a lot of bugs on its rollout. Yep. Uh, just about every Jeep that um, every vehicle that Jeep has had that has been an all new design. Uh, lo looking back at the 2014 2015 Cherokee when they brought that back, that was just plagued with issues. 
Um, certainly not to, to the, uh, uh, certainly more so than, than what the Gladiator had, but nonetheless, a lot of these Jeeps that are first rolling out with all new design um, have had issues uh, in their rollout. Uh, so to see the, uh, the 2020 uh, Jeep Gladiator and the 2020 Wrangler both make this list uh, in the uh, number three and number seven spots, respectively, uh, I thought was was interesting. Now, the for the, the Wrangler, uh, they commented on the quality, the features of it, primarily the ergonomics, the layout of everything, because that's when they changed the, the entire design of the cab and of the, of the Jeep. Um, also, it's power a lot better than uh, than previous years. Uh, and the best rating out of the uh, the JL Air series uh, of uh, of, uh, of Jeeps, um, uh, JD Power uh, gave it the uh, the best rating. Uh, so, and then uh, of course uh, JD Power and Kelly Blue Book both uh, gave uh, the the most dependable rating for the uh, for the Gladiator. So, just interesting well, there. Uh, going to your going to your wife's uh, uh, rig, Tony, the the 2003 Wrangler X, the X trim specifically. Uh, they said it was the best equipped for the price. Uh, and uh, and was calling it the most reliable TJ out of all the TJ era Wranglers, which I, I th- and that was a, a quote from Edmonds, uh, which I thought was interesting. Now, one thing uh, that I certainly would think anybody would find interesting on this list is what came in in the number one spot. Again, I don't think any order to this, but uh, in our number one spot was the 1986 Jeep Comanche, still reliable, uh, quoting it as a as a very unique design. Uh, and Edmonds users still give it high ratings still to this day, uh, even though the Jeep is, is uh, well, knocking on the door of, what, 30-plus years old now. You know, I wish Chuck was here, because I'd like to point out that uh, his Scrambler is not on here. <laughs> None of his Jeeps are, in fact. Uh, yeah. Oh, they're all plastic Jeeps. <laughs> plastic is uh, is doing something. <laughs> If I could, if I could find a Comanche, that 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 would oh, be neat. Just yeah. to find a Comanche. I've not seen one, at least in the the Detroit, Michigan area, in years. Yeah, I think Cash for Clunkers did away with uh with a yeah. lot. Unfortunately, now there's still a few of them out here in the Northwest. I uh, see them out on the trails uh, uh, quite frequently. Uh, you can still find uh find one out on the uh, you know parking lot here and there. Uh, but uh, they're not they're not extinct yet. Not extinct yet. So, nonetheless, interesting list. I uh, figured I'd let you guys kind of peek at that and uh, and uh, see what your thoughts were on that. A lot of newer Jeeps on there, but also some uh, some really oddball older ones mm-hmm. as well. The uh, with the, well, uh, the the Wrangler X Mo Three, yeah, the eighty six Comanche, that's amazing. Out of nowhere, yeah. So that was really cool. Uh, and uh, of course, you guys can look at this list. You're not going to remember it uh, after you know fifteen minutes of getting into the office or wherever you're going. Uh, you will have this on episode of uh, 760 at jeeptalkshow.com. Right, Chris? Yes, sir. <laughs> Chris does our show notes for us. <laughs> and if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we love hearing the uh, interaction and what you guys have to say, what you're thinking about what we're doing here on the show, all that kind of stuff. You can let us know by phone or by email. Any number of ways to reach out to us, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out all the different ways to interact. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And if it's been a while since you've been over to the 4x4 Radio Network.com website, be sure to go check it out. We've got all kinds of great stuff over there. It's first basically the world's best location of all of the world's best podcasts, off-roading podcasts, rather, all in one place. It's all for free. There's no sign-up, no pay-to-play, nothing like that. 4x4radionetwork.com. You're going to find podcasts like the 4x4 podcast, On the Trail podcast, Center Steer, Trail Chasers. Of course, the Jeep Talk Show is there as well. 
Lots of great off-road shows, all for free. Head over to the number four, letter X, number four, radionetwork.com. That's 4 by 4 radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, if inflation has diminished the value of your Jeep parts piggy bank, Josh has some junkyard solutions to help you TJ owners out there. Mm-hmm. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I'm glad to hear Josh's Jeep is up and running. <laughs> I got to tell you, Josh, when you said you had a flat spot on your tire, come on, man. <laughs> it's only flat on one side. Just turn it over. And don't worry about rotating them because they'll rotate every time you drive it. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that Wendy, my lovely wife, not the lovely co-host. Well, the lovely co-host could be my wife, and my wife could be the lovely co-host. I'm not picky about who's giving me the look. Yeah, she told me that it's best in life to embrace your mistakes. And then she gave me a hug. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to apologize for that one. All right. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later and have a good one. Bye. Yeah, it's just uh, just amazing. Poor uh, poor Nikki G. I was gonna say poor poor Wendy is what I should say. <laughs> you got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I, it's tech talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Over the last couple of weeks or so, we've heard some updates from Chuck regarding his new Leaf Springs and the super articulating orbit eye that they have. And this gave me some inspiration to cover a topic related to springs, so I figured I'd give some love to the TJ crowd this week, even though I know you guys don't have Leaf Springs. Now, TJ owners deserve a cheap solution to spring problems just as much as anybody else, especially with the way inflation has hit the aftermarket Jeep world. Now, who knew colored valve stem covers could cost so much? And of course, one of the things that eats any Jeep budget to shreds is the cost of a lift kit. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of suggestions for some junkyard parts that will help you lift a stock TJ to much bigger tires and give you more articulation. Now, what I'm going to share with you will net you anywhere between around 2 and 3 inches of lift or so when you're done. And the cost of this will be pennies on the dollar compared to buying a new lift kit, even if it is a no-name piece of junk off of Amazon. Now, to accomplish this, you will, of course, need to head down to your local wrecking yard. Now, the first thing you're going to want to do is track down a V8 Grand Cherokee ZJ. That's the Jeep SUV built between 1993 and 1998. You're going to be pulling the front springs from it, so it must be a V8 Grand Cherokee, or you won't get the lift out of the springs. I'll explain why here in just a minute. You're also going to need the thicker isolators found with those same springs. Those are the things that go in between the spring itself and the body of the vehicle. Now remember, the Grand Cherokee was and is a luxury Jeep, and to dampen some of the road noise, they use much thicker spring isolators that act more like a spacer on the TJ than a sound dampener. Now, the V8 engine in the Grands was a much heavier engine than what is in the TJ and required a slightly taller spring than the V8 Grands did. And so these springs and isolators together are about 2 to 3 inches or so taller than the front stock TJ springs. Now, to bring the rear up to height, we're going to be looking for a Crown Victoria. Here's where the Crown Vic enters into the program. That's right, just like the old cop cars. Now, the Crown Vic springs are also a taller spring, made to handle the weight of such a large car. Here, too, you're going to want to grab the isolators. And I hear some guys are getting good benefits running both sets of isolators to gain just that extra little bit of height. You might gain another quarter inch to a half inch or something like that, but hey, every little bit counts. There are other considerations that you will have to take care of after putting these springs into a TJ as well. First and foremost is, of course, going to be the shocks. 
The stock shocks won't have the travel necessary for the new ride height and suspension travel, so new shocks will be needed. Now, you could opt to go new here, and to be honest, you'd still be well ahead of the game if you do. Or you could continue to save and turn to places like eBay, Craigslist, or Facebook Marketplace to track down something used. Look for takeoff shocks from a stock Rubicon JKU. Now, some, when someone upgrades their Jeep with aftermarket parts, they take off the stock stuff and sell it for super cheap. The stock Rubicon JKU shocks, these are the red ones by the way, will be the perfect upgrade. They are just barely within the specs needed to accommodate the new suspension of the TJ, and but they will definitely be a suitable, easy to find, and inexpensive option, certainly better than the stock ones that you're not going to be able to use anyways. Now you may need to well want to look into track bar relocation brackets as well. These will be, well, they will be needed to recenter the axles under the Jeep after the junkyard lift. You probably will not find these in the junkyard. They're going to be a, a diamond in the rough unicorn if you do, and they're going to be rare on the used market, but it never hurts to look. Either way, they're relatively inexpensive to buy into themselves brand new, so just add them to the list and get a set regardless. Now, you're also going to want to look into getting an alignment done as soon as possible since you just changed a lot of geometry under the Jeep in some rather critical areas. There are also a lot of while you're in there's that can go along with this as well. Things like brake line length. We actually just talked about that recently, too. You will all, of course, need uh, larger tires now. Duh! Visual inspections of steering and brake components should be done any and every time you crawl under the Jeep for any reason. So you may be finding that it's time for some new wheel bearings while you're doing this. Or a brake job, for instance. Maybe you'll discover a worn tie rod end or a ball joint. Who knows? Just be prepared for the unexpected and last-minute run to the parts store or rockauto.com. In the end, you're going to have enough lift for some larger tires. You will have increased your suspension travel and seriously changed the looks of your Jeep for the better. So there's that cool factor to all of this too. I will warn you though, that you will get what you pay for. Things may not fit ideally, may not fit perfectly. Things may squeak. You will definitely notice a change in the ride quality from what the Jeep was when it was stuck. The overall ride quality of a junkyard lift is not going to be as soft of a ride as you had before. And for a daily driver, well, I, I may almost advise you against this procedure just because of that. And if this is something that really matters to you, ride quality, that is. But don't let me or don't let that stop you at all. Once the Jeep is lifted, it's going to be a lot easier to change things later down the road. And speaking of that road, when it comes time to leave said road and hit the trails, no matter what, you'll still be doing a lot better than you were when the Jeep was stuck. Now, don't think that this ends with the TJ. There are tons of modifications that can be done to all kinds of Jeeps with junkyard parts. So do some research and I bet you'll be surprised what parts from other vehicles you will find will fit on your Jeep and will do just fine. You remember the, the Bastard Pack? Uh, I think it was Steve uh, from uh, the XJTalk.com website would talk a yeah. lot about uh, doing the uh, doing exactly that. What was it? S10 uh, leaf springs and uh, various springs that you could put together yep. to lift up your XJ. So right. I, I know the leaf springs doesn't fit with the TJ, but that's one of those things that you can do uh, to uh, do it yourself and to save a lot of money. Yeah, I, I like that term, but... 
I think uh, this should be maybe a Jeep Talk Show sticker or something. Jeep Talk Show <laughs> million pack. dollar idea. Oh, Bastard okay. pack. I mean, just just sell the <laughs> sticker. I mean, everybody wants a sticker. And if you're going junkyard parts, you're not going to get a sticker. But you could get a Bastard pack Jeep Talk Show sticker <laughs> from, I mean, you could go like the Rat Bastard or Bastard pack. That's, uh-huh. There you go. That's a new sticker t-shirt. Bastard pack. Bastard pack lift. Yeah, the bastard pack is when a bunch of rat bastards that listen to the show for free do it all in one place together. That's a bastard pack. How That's many <laughs> how many rat bastards have to be congregated to to, to uh, be like a old, official raster uh, bastard pack? Like the old rat pack, yeah. But uh, but a bastard pack is, is, uh, is that what they is that what they call a group of bastards? A, a bastard pack, like a. Is it a murder of of crows or? Yeah, that's, what I was thinking. Fish? that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Good times, good times. So, have either of you ran junkyard parts on a Jeep before, or or maybe even a, a different vehicle? I, I was at a junkyard once with a friend, and it was hot and sweaty, and you had to do work. It, the parts weren't just laying out. Oh. They weren't in boxes where you just have to slice them open. You know? Not not for you, huh? <laughs> not for you. <laughs> I, it's a wonderful idea. I really like it, especially like if you're trying to do a uh, a disc brake upgrade to your XJ or even a TJ. That's a great yeah. place to go. Uh, although with a TJ, it's probably better to get a, a Ford uh, 8.8 uh, <laughs> and just replace the whole axle with disc brakes. Uh, but uh, certainly uh, upgrading the XJ's uh, to, uh, uh, drum brakes to disc brakes on the rear, that's a that's a great option. It's It saves so much money because it's like 650 bucks or so if you can even still find the conversions online. And uh, really just for a couple hundred bucks, you can get the parts uh, at, a, uh, at a parts place. Yeah, no, exactly. I've, I've not, uh, I've not, not done any uh, junkyard, but I did do takeoffs for my JK, and I'm fortunate to be near AEV and uh, got Rubicon takeoff parts for my sport. So oh, similar, nice. but, yeah. but not, yeah. not the same. Yeah, no, it's and, and they're, they're probably pretty clean in comparison. Uh, guaranteed less than 50 miles on every part. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's wonderful. Man, that is and, brand new. Jeez. And, and I, I, I did confirm recently for all those JL folks out there, um they do the same thing for the jails so obviously they're not building jk's anymore but uh you can get jl uh takeoffs and i know on the jl a buddy of mine did that with his sport got a rubicon takeoff suspension the jl the springs are taller like like you were saying josh going with the zj spring but the jl rubicon spring my understanding is actually taller than the the uh the sport yeah but i think it's only by about an inch Mm -hmm. and so if you're looking to get more than an inch uh maybe an inch and a half if you're being generous you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go outside the box a little bit and kind of go down this road slightly um and 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 that's generally i mean don't get me wrong um a little bit of lift is better than no lift at all i still get gain you uh maybe an inch or two bigger tires uh something like that a little you hear the term budget boost uh, out there all the time, and that that kind of would would fit into that category. An under two inch lift kit uh, generally falls into something very budget friendly because there's not a lot that goes into it, uh, and it'll still it'll still net you the ability to run a little bit bigger tires and, and things like that. Um, now, obviously, taking it up a step is is going to be going down this kind of a route, and and like I said, there's going to be some other considerations in there, things like you know the uh, uh, the track bars, possibly even you know drive line issues. Uh, have to you know look at possibly a transfer case drop or um, a slip yoke eliminator, things like that. Uh, a lot of different things can come into play uh, when you start lifting the vehicle. We've talked about that at length uh, here on the show in the past, and we'll continue to talk about it. Damn it. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Jeeper, do you have anything to add to this conversation? Maybe you have a question or a topic that you would like to see covered here on our Tech Talk segment. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And, uh, and by all means, uh, use the information that you find there to send us a message and let us know something that you're stuck on in your own build or a topic that uh, you've always wanted to learn a little bit more about. Uh, and it, uh, well, you may find it here being covered on a Tech Talk segment in a future Jeep Talk Show episode. Speaking of builds, uh, have you guys, Chris, I know you don't get on the Discord server a lot. Uh, you may not have seen it, but have you guys been seeing the, uh, the little, uh, not teardrop trailer, but the trailer build? Uh, that uh, oh yeah that's, being, yeah, that's going on on Discord little, yeah somebody's doing a little travel trailer build uh, that they're you're gonna I'm assuming to tow behind the Jeep oh yeah and absolutely I, I, yeah I, I didn't get the context behind that but uh, yeah making a lot of progress on I saw an interior shot where they had a couple of LED lights um, uh, shining in on, on on the plywood interior and, and looking really good the fitment oh, and the craftsmanship nice. is is just second to none. So would that be a great it? thing to have? And they, it, it's not costing them thirty to eighty thousand dollars for a stinking trailer. Uh, you know, it's just it's, well, anytime that you can build something yourself. I mean, hell, I mean, you can even build yourself a home for less than you could buy one for. I mean, right. that's a little bit that that margin is 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 a lot less than it used to be, but. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean that that kind of goes the same way for anything. I mean, you can if you can weld your own bumper together, uh, it's, it's, you can generally do it for a lot less than what you can buy a winch bumper for. So you know, there you go. So if you guys are interested, you can go over to our Discord server by uh, simply going to jeeptalkshow.com/contact. Scroll on down there, and you will see a link for an invite to our Discord server. Everybody's welcome, and uh, the, so it's Gator eighty eight that has been posting this stuff. That's and, what it was. Yeah, and I he's sick. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Gator bait. And I know that wasn't it. I was like, no. Well, maybe it is. I'm trying to let me get a little closer. Actually, it's a Gator B8. So I bet you it is. A, oh, it is Gator bait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the B kind of looks like an eight uh, from yeah, uh, from these reading right. glasses at this distance. Uh, but anyway, you can go over there and uh, scroll in there on the general channel and uh, have a look at this. Uh, it's it's really a lot of fun. We talk about all kinds of things. Uh, there, oh, there's all kinds of pictures. There's meetups, uh, off road events yeah. that the guys are just uh, just coming up with on their own. Not any official JTS stuff. Uh, oh, speaking of which, uh, can I interject? I, I've got a meetup here that I'm probably going to be attending. Yes, please, this please do. Uh, I know that this is, but this is going to come out well after the fact. But uh, but doesn't matter. It gives people hope. <laughs> so Tony, um, you you you'll remember this uh, this name. Um, it's uh, ironman 4 x 4com and in fact, a friend Iron of the Man show. Andy. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's um, that's that's Iron Man Fab or I, Iron, Iron Man Four x Four Fab dot com. Okay, no so, Fab. Uh, so the the so this one isn't fabulous, is what you're saying. The co- the, the <laughs> company that, that that Cody works for, right? Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. So they have um, a flagship store here in Oregon in a town called um, Sherwood. Uh, it's about an hour drive from me, south and, and west a little further. Uh, and uh, so they're doing a first of the year sort of um, off-road trucks and coffee meetup. 
uh, on Saturday, uh, Saturday morning. Uh, and I've gotten the invite uh, to head down there with the Jeep Talk Show Jeep here and, and uh, make an appearance. So uh, I'm going to be heading down there and uh, and checking it out, making uh, making an appearance, drinking coffee. So when you say you got an up. invite, was this a series of phone calls and crank calls and stuff before they said, sure, no, you can come? No, it, it was, it was a, uh, from a, a Jeeper, another uh, Cherokee friend of mine. Uh, he's, he's actually working on like his third or fourth XJ build. Um, but, uh, but he's been, this is something he was, um, they started this up like last year. He went to just about every one of them, has had a blast met a bunch of cool people, uh, seen a bunch of cool rigs and that sort of stuff. And this is like the first of the year, first one they're doing. Um, and, uh, and so there, it's supposed to be a big one. Um, and, uh, and he says, you should, you should come out now that the Jeep is, is up and going. So, um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna go down there and, uh, and represent the Jeep Talk Show. I was I was going to uh, ask you behind the scenes to reach out to Cody to see if he's gonna be there. Uh, I don't know if he uh, would. Or why I, bet you, he, I bet you he does go to some of them, but of course he still lives in California. Right, right. So I know that he had uh, some something to do with the building of this store, the outfitting of it. So I didn't know if he was still up here or was going to make an appearance or anything like that but mm-hmm. uh but no I, I will i will reach out to him let him know that you're planning on going and and i'm sorry you said that was this weekend yeah it is this coming week so uh, the day after tomorrow as we record this right so that would be the fourth saturday is it saturday or sunday this saturday so i think that they do this the first saturday of the month every month how, through, how far how far drive is this for you an hour drive so is this something you might be going to a, a few times um, I had wanted to go to several of them last year. I think I had even posted a flyer for one of them on uh, on the Discord uh, that we were just talking about, uh-huh. and uh, um, didn't make it out there because I didn't want to be that guy showing up to an off road event in a Honda. Um, so, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, there's, there's that. Well, uh, the only well, the only thing Jeep worse would be your Jeep. The only thing it's worse the, would be showing up to an off road event in a Toyota, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this this is not a Jeep show. Uh, oh, specific. No. This no. is this is they're they're calling it off road trucks and coffee. I, I said uh, Toyota specifically because the, the yeah. Iron Man is really focused on the, the Toyota yeah, fans. Yeah. So I was I was firing a shot. <laughs> <laughs> But well, nonetheless, I'll probably be uh, you know in the minority, as it were. Um, it doesn't uh, matter. As far I as mean, keepers go, but uh, but yeah, you'll, you'll stand out that way. Uh, also, too, uh, I was thinking about this. I haven't uh, really; it hasn't really coalesced. But I'll bounce it off uh, you guys and the listeners. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, maybe doing something uh, here locally uh, for the Jeep Talk Show. It happened to you, Josh, where somebody saw the sticker and they said, "Hey, Jeep Talk Show." And yeah. I had, I had a, somebody actually pull up and, and want to talk to me about the Jeep Talk Show because they saw the the Gladiator and the, the big-ass sticker I have on there. I'm thinking about maybe uh, setting up something where uh, every Saturday uh, in the, the Katy area uh, or maybe one Saturday a month, uh, I go out to a local uh, a local spot, an IHOP or uh, a lesser known breakfast spot, and uh, of have course coffee. it would be someplace with with you know gravy and Bacon. syrup and yes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be buying the bacon so my digits will stay intact. Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. 
So just to, just a way to too get, soon, too soon. <laughs> just yeah. a way to get the the information out about the Jeep Talk Show. Ask some questions, a little personal attention, because uh, uh, people like asking questions, and uh, they like uh, you know they well, like so, they like asking you questions to see if you know what the hell you're doing too, which well, is always going to be something that's going to be done on a regular basis. So I'm going to have to be you know wearing my Jeep Talk Show lanyard and and have the uh, uh, the Jeep Talk Show digital card that I'll be uh, I'll oh, be yeah. having out there and and the the, the um, you know that's that sort of stuff, but I gotta I gotta look at my stash of cards. I don't know uh, how much uh, Jeep Talk Show business cards that I have left uh, and stickers too. So well, with the, uh, the Jeep Talk Show fund that we have, uh, maybe we'll get you some. Well, uh, some, what, I, some what I was thinking is because out here in the Northwest, our wheeling season doesn't really officially begin until May, and and it's kind of like May first is is kind of like the official wheeling. Okay, the season's open now. Uh, type of thing, and so by May, I want to kind of make sure that I've got my uh, my supplies um, upgraded a little bit because I, I'm going to go into and, and move things into into high gear come uh, come May, June, July, August, you know, all that sort of stuff, and really be hitting the events hard out here in the Northwest. So, so tell me, uh, tell me if this would be okay with you. I've been investigating some Jeep Talk Show capes because we do drive a, a vehicle that's kind of a hero vehicle. And the Jeep Talk Show, yeah, I'm here to save the day. <laughs> Plus, you got the you got the voice for it, <laughs> and you just wear oh, you wear a Jeep Talk I'm Show super Jeep guy. You wear a Jeep Talk Show shirt, and maybe we could get a logo for the front that was kind of in a diamond type. Oh, if you ask me to wear my underwear on the outside, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> well, now that you mention it, that certainly would uh, get a lot of attention. <laughs> we get you a roll uh, of quarters to go in there too. <laughs> Heights and a cape. No, Tony, I told you, there's only so... I'll, I'll wear the rat bastard Wait. outfit if you want me to. But. So when you're given a tip, the waitress goes, why are these quarters warm? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, from, from some of what I've seen in the Pacific Northwest, Josh, it might not be the weirdest thing somebody might see. No, no, 100%, Chris. You're, you're 100% right. Uh, there's a bunch of bumper stickers around here uh, that say, keep Portland weird. Uh, and God, our challenge we're accepted. Not weird, not, we're not weird enough. No, seriously, I think everybody who sees that says those words to themselves and, and makes Portland just that much more weird. So, yes, thank you for that. Very, very cool. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. And now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you've got Dana 60s and 40. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them in with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with a dick and big old tires and a liar. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. Yeah, you need to give me a beer. Hey, coming up this Friday, tomorrow actually, Mike Timmons of EGRUSA.com bed cover for your Gladiator or tow truck. And this is really cool. It's a automatic open and close type thing. Uh, and I remembered in the interview, I was actually asking uh, Mike, would it be possible to uh, open and close the, the cover from inside the Jeep? <laughs> the button's actually on the outside. I mean, how cool is it you actually have your vehicle and you don't actually have to get out? <laughs> just... Well, so I was wondering if, you know, the, uh, these are things that you could hook up to a key fob or to a programmable button inside uh-huh. the Jeep or, or something like that. I, I'm, I'm thinking that there's got to be some uh, some ways to expand on oh, this. Oh, you absolutely, you absolutely could wire it yourself, but I don't think it'd come that way. Uh, I don't know if it's a... Uh, 
a, uh, a security thing or I don't know what. But uh, also, too, I, asked, I actually asked him about, does it operate like kind of like a garage door where you can keep people from getting their fingers caught while it's closing? And it, oh. as I recall, it absolutely does. So this it's a very impressive product. See, I was hoping you could kind of upgrade the stepper motor, get that thing to go, you know, just really fast, open and close. Like a Star Wars door. It's instantly closed. Yeah, I did. I did get to see that feature at SEMA. Mike showed that to me, the safety feature. So it's not going to not going to smash your hand or cut the end of your middle finger off, Josh. Um, when you're when you're close on the best cover, right. I'm too soon. I'm, I'm too on, soon. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on board. <laughs> it's okay when Chris does it. <laughs> uh, well, so what you're saying is it could save your bacon, Chris. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Dang it, you too. I swear to God. <laughs> well, I, I always I've always loved Jay Leno. If anybody watched Jay Leno, you would always tell an Abraham Lincoln joke, and nobody would laugh, and they'd back up, and you go, oh, "Too soon. Too soon." <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> oh, good times, Jeepers. Well, hey, uh, be sure to consider signing up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter. I know we kind of push this every now and again. If you haven't heard about the Jeep Talk Show newsletter, you got to get it, got to get on board. Uh, it has all kinds of great information uh, about what we have going on on the show, what's happening behind the scenes, that sort of stuff. Even doing some article write-ups and, and some useful information there. And speaking of useful information, you're also going to find information on how to join in on our Tuesday Roundtable episodes there as well. Lots of great stuff in the Jeep Talk Show newsletter, so please consider heading over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and signing up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter today. Well, Jeeper, that's all we got for you for this episode. Until our next show, remember, stopping Tony in public is a lot like dealing with a spider. Trust me, he's a lot more scared of you than you are of him. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep Podcast. Uh, just as a public service announcement, I'd recommend against cutting off the end of your finger, if at all possible. And, and seriously, this didn't happen while you were cutting the wrong cigar end off before you were smoking it? <laughs> oh, no. This genuinely <laughs> happened while I was slicing bacon with a freshly sharpened kitchen knife. <laughs> oh, gotta love what you're doing, though. That's great. Broadcasting since 2010.